I'm not just my case. I'm not just my charge. I'm a real person who's very capable, very able to better myself and the people around me. You're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason. On today's episode, we are celebrating the grand opening of our innovative Coffee First program. Coffee First is a social enterprise providing barista training to adults who have experienced mental illness, homelessness, and or incarceration. Plus, it's the best coffee in town. The grand opening will take place at 10 a.m. Tuesday, December 3rd. The media and the general public will gather in front of the coffee cart located in the lobby of Legacy Plaza's Conference Center, and you can find that in the East Tower of Legacy Plaza at 5330 East 31st Street. We hope to see you there. The association's coffee cart will serve specialty coffee sourced from Topeka Coffee Roasters, and it will be open Monday through Thursday, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m., and Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can see the menu and learn more at Coffee First's website, which is coffeefirsttulsa.org. You can also follow it on Instagram via at coffeefirsttulsa. So just to give you a quick rundown of our guests today, we're going to start with Clara Cohea, who oversees Coffee First. And then we'll transition to Tyler Duncan of Topeka Coffee, followed by Mary Burchett of Bank of America. And then we'll close out things with Maria Morris, who I know you're going to love her story. So with all that being said, let's get started. The mental health download starts now. So our first guest is Clara Cohea, and she's going to explain the power of this program. Clara, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Matt. <laughs> I hope I didn't butcher your name too much. Um, no, no, it's great. <laughs> tell us why Coffee First is such an innovative employment program. So, for example, the people that we hire are individuals in recovery. Um, This can be from justice system involvement, a mental health illness, substance use, whatever it may be. Everybody's story is different, which is also something that we really love about the people that we work with. There are coworkers, there are peers, and we get to work with them on this project to both empower them in having a second chance at employment and kind of operating out of the idea that the Mental Health Association is really behind, which is that work is part of recovery. We really do believe that that it's therapeutic, honestly. It's, it's part of recovering from whatever life circumstance it may be that's been a barrier to obtaining full-time employment or any employment at all. And, um, just kind of giving them an avenue to hone their skills, soft skills and technical skills um, when it comes to barista training, but operating out of, you know, a sense of empowerment. And yeah, we hold these employees to high regard, knowing that they bring a lot of assets and talents to the team. You know, just kind of actually walk me through the whole program right up until, you know, the graduation point where they, you know, move on to other sustainable employment in the community. So the intake process looks a little bit different for everyone. People can apply on the Mental Health Association website or they can be referred to us directly. And the interview process is is the same. Um, We interview everybody the same way, ask the same questions, give them the same time. And whenever somebody is selected, they go through you know, orientation at the association, just like any other employee. Then we begin training. So barista training, we've just, you know, we've just gone through our first round of it and it was, there was steamed milk everywhere, (laughs) my friend. It was really, really wild. Um, (laughs) So we learn how to, you know, 
do the basic skills of pulling an espresso shot, steaming milk. What does an Americano look like? How does a latte look like? Um, you know, how is steaming whole milk different from steaming oat milk? Just, you know, things like that, practical skills. And then we also go into soft skills. So learning how to have, you know, customer service skills. It's it's difficult when somebody is, for example, frustrated with, you know, an incorrect order, whatever it may be. Um, and then learning how to handle those situations with good customer service skills and with a professional attitude and demeanor. So we, we're talking about those things as well. And, you know, just learning what it means to be a good employee and what it means to be a marketable employee so that when the time comes and they graduate the program after, you know, having a chance to develop professional skills, you know, have access to wraparound services in that process, and then also learning their practical skills, they can go on and be paired with an employment specialist that goes through a career profile process with them, assist them with their resume and guides them as they apply for full-time employment that they will be competitive applicants after they have all of these different skills. What do you hope that Coffee First does to break down the stigma of hiring people who, you know, have experienced mental illness and homelessness or may have come, you know, may have exited, you know, jail or prison? What do you hope that this does to transform the perception of people with these unique histories? I think it's really important that people with mental illnesses do not feel incapable or unworthy of having a job. And I think it's equally as important for employers to not limit people with mental illnesses by assuming that they cannot be as efficient or as productive as somebody without one. I think oftentimes it's more difficult for people with mental illnesses to reach the same level of productivity, not because they're not as smart, not because they're not as talented, but because a lot of the times, as I said before, they may be undiagnosed, they may be untreated, they may not have the support they need. And that is a different story. But the truth is that people with mental illnesses are highly capable of performing very difficult tasks and are very often really valuable employees. And a lot of the time, some of your most valuable employees will be fighting a battle that you know nothing about as an employer. And so I think it's important not only to break the stigma that people who have a history or people who do have mental illness are capable of doing good work, but equally as important to, to raise awareness about what employees may be fighting a battle that you don't know about as an employer. You know, what tips would you give to an employer um, who is interested in giving somebody that um, third or fourth chance at a job that pays a living wage? I would first empathize and say that I know that it can be difficult and sometimes scary um, to be the kind of person who gives second chances. Um, but I would also encourage you as an employer to see beyond what's obvious if your employee is late ask why um, and genuinely ask why, you know, what if they missed the bus? What if their child had to be, you know, taken to school before they got to work because their ride didn't show, you know, there are reasons why people do things that you don't understand. And there are also reasons why people don't have access to all of the different resources that make them as obviously successful as you. Um, so as an employer, it can be difficult to see past 
you know, the privileges that you have with the resources that you have, whether that be a car or first of all, stable employment, you know, these different privileges that we don't even think about a house, you know, that a roof over your head, that's a giant privilege, a place to shower. So it's really important to look past quote unquote givens and think about why an employee may be struggling. It's also important to provide support at whatever level you know, you are capable of doing. So although not everyone is the mental health association, not everyone can provide, you know, supported employment in in a clinical sense, you know, what resources are you making available to your employees? Do you have counseling available at your place of work? Do you make time to meet with your employees and see how their workload is? What kind of employer are you? Um, Because a lot of the times what your, you know, your employees performance has to do with how you're leading them. That was very well said. So let's flip it to the employee. You know, maybe somebody who has been frustrated with the job market and has felt that stigma, has felt that judgment, and maybe for at least right now is just about to give up. What encouragement would you give to that person? Uh, my, my first reaction would be empathy. I, I understand that a lot of the times it's very discouraging when you are faced with barriers um, and you feel like it's just too hard. It's it's too difficult. There, there's too much that goes into having something that other ha- people have more easily than you do. And a lot of people who are looking to work think that they just have too bad of a background. You know, they it's, it's over for them. No one will hire them. And to that, I would say you are incorrect. And there are a lot of places where you can, you know, use those skills, both personal skills and professional skills that you may even develop in that professional environment and that there are resources to help you find a place of work. And and if work is something that you want to pursue, do not give up. Uh, There are ways that you can do that. The Mental Health Association, for example, is incredible when it comes to championing, you know, people with with different barriers to employment in achieving that goal. So our employment specialists here work with people um, in different circumstances and work on, first of all, what they want to be doing. A lot of the times performance is very closely correlated with enthusiasm about the job. If you're doing something you hate, I'm going to go ahead and guess that you're not going to do your best. Um So we work on getting you where you want to be and then ensuring that you have the resources to maintain that job. That's the real key is sustained employment. And so there are places that that do help you get there. You don't have to do it alone. Although it may be frustrating, it is worthwhile to be frustrated. And now give that same person a sales pitch for Coffee First, why they should come work for you. Well, your boss would be awesome, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but even more, Coffee First is part of a very compassionate, understanding, and inclusive place to work at the Mental Health Association. We stress the importance of excellent work. And that also depends on ability. So so working to the best of your ability, we do stress that. And we also stress support. So, so Coffee First is a place where a person who needs support in getting back into employment can come and find guidance and just really develop professional skills in a safe environment without judgment and with access to wraparound services, um, whether that be 
finding transportation, looking at housing, um, looking at different, you know, access to counseling services or whatever it may be. We understand here that a lot of what happens outside of work contributes to what happens inside of work. And we want to help address all of those different areas to set you up for success whenever you graduate from this program. So supported employment really is the difference between um, Coffee First and other employers. We help you set yourself up to be financially, emotionally, whatever it may be, independent in in a way that is supported and in a way that it is sustainable. So let, let's talk about work as therapy. Yeah. Give us some more, um, some context with that. So in this case, you know, we're just making sure that our employees have all the support that they need, um, whether that be in their personal or professional lives, because ultimately all of those factors contribute into your work performance. So that is the main concept. And also work in and of itself just generates feelings of importance and responsibility and making valuable contributions to your community. It feels good to work. It feels good to, you know, have a reason to wake up and get ready and go. And, and, you know, everyone needs something to look forward to. And work is that for many people. And it's just really good for mental health reasons, really regulating, which is a giant principle um, in the mental health field, um, is regulating schedules and um, consistency and things like that. So work is really good for your mental health and really good for recovery as a whole. What sort of challenges do people who have mental illness, people who have experienced homelessness, people who have been incarcerated, what are some of the challenges they face in trying to get jobs, any job? Well, um, that's a there's a really big umbrella of barriers to employment. I would say that it it differs for you know different situations. So somebody who is experiencing homelessness will not have the same barriers as somebody who is living in recovery from substance use. However, I can touch on on a couple different things. Uh, one of the main barriers that we see a lot at the association is transportation. A lot of the times it'll be difficult for people to be on time or to go to work at all because they either don't have access to a car or they have to use um, public transit, which is awesome that we have, however, can be difficult in terms of scheduling. And, you know, if a bus is behind, what happens if they miss an interview? What happens if they miss their shift? Relying on public transportation is really difficult for some people in the population that we work with um, and becomes a really big barrier to employment for them. Something else is untreated or undiagnosed even mental illnesses. So if somebody has, let's say, take anxiety, for example, if somebody has undiagnosed anxiety, they're not going to understand why little things overwhelm them or why they're triggered by certain, you know, things in the workplace, why they don't want to show up one morning. It is really difficult to live with an undiagnosed and untreated mental illness, and it will impact work performance. So what we're trying to do is identify untreated mental illnesses, barriers to employment, such as lack of transportation, or even, you know, how do people wake up in the morning? You know, do they have an alarm clock? Simple things that a lot of the time we wouldn't think about. And so we try to identify those barriers and address them throughout the six-month period in the transitional employment department that we have with each employee so that when they graduate, they are set up for success. Tell me about your Better Way participant and and explain to the audience what a better way is and, and how remarkable it is that such a person is now a Coffee First employee. 
Right. So A Better Way is a really great program that actually works pretty collaboratively with Coffee First. Um, It's also part of you know, the Employment First division at the Mental Health Association. And it is a program that it operates out of a van. So it's a van that drives around town to different panhandling hotspots and picks people up that are interested in working for a day. They do beautification throughout the community and they're paid a certain amount at the end of the day. And they're also given the opportunity to talk with different employment specialists and people that can assist them in applying for jobs, um, getting permanent jobs. So ultimately, the goal is to assist people in transitioning from panhandling to a position of being financially self-sustainable in employment. Um, And so one of our employees at Coffee First came in through a better way. She got on the van, worked for a day, and then was able to talk with one of our employment specialists whenever Coffee First was opening up and shared her interest in being a barista. So we were able to kind of go through the interview process with her, see her interests, saw that it was a good fit. And she has gone from a a place where she was participating in a better way to being employed in a sustainable job. What is awesome about this program is that you have a lot of really cool partners that have helped make it possible. Yeah. Wow. We would not have been able to even dream about this had it not been for our community partners. Um, Bank of America, as well as the Starbucks Foundation, they have made this possible um, and given us the funds to kind of bring this idea into fruition. And then also one of our main partners is with Topeka Roastery. They have been incredible this entire time. I mean, you know, we went to them for advisement. They helped us with the layout, deciding on what equipment would be best for our operation and testing it with us, programming it for us. So they've trained us. They've been an incredible help and um, always available for any questions or emergencies. We, We get our knowledge from them. So... Clara, thank you so much. And yes, absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me. Most definitely. Okay. And now we're with Tyler Duncan with Topeka Coffee. He is our Yoda and we love Tyler and we're just glad that he's here on the Mental Health Download. Thanks for being here, buddy. Oh yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. So Tyler, how did you learn about Coffee First? How did you get involved? That's a great question. I actually um, walked in on a conversation with my boss and a few of the other staff from uh, the Mental Health Association. Um, very conspicuously began eavesdropping and was just super excited that uh, Mental Health Association approached us wanting to have a conversation about opening up uh, a small uh, coffee shop operation. Nice. So you're working with people who have never been baristas, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you've had some experience with in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are also people, just like you said, who have unique histories, who have, you know, experienced mental illness, have experienced homelessness, have experienced, you know, incarceration. And they're super excited to be a part of Coffee First, but they know very little. So explain how you teach them to be young Padawans. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So You know, especially in the state of Oklahoma, the adverse childhood experiences, the rate at which uh, people here have adverse childhood experiences is really high, myself being included as well. And so whenever I learn things, I understand how I need to be spoken to, uh, how I learn, how I need to be taught 
and understanding that every single person has different requirements from that. People come from various backgrounds. I know what it's like to be taught with somebody who has no patience with me. And uh, I also understand then what it's like to be able to have somebody teaching me who is incredibly gracious. And so understanding that different people learn different ways and being able to approach, you know, incoming coffee professionals uh, the same way that I wish I was approached whenever I began is um, uh, usually the thing that I try to keep on the forefront of my mind. And what tips would you give for our actual Coffee First employees to really the maybe some of those little things that make a huge difference as far as like customer service or making the perfect cup of coffee? Mm, yeah, that's a great question. So I think um, especially for the staff that are that are down there, they're already doing an incredible job. So just continue to pay attention to the things that they're doing. Um, if if anything goes wrong, just understanding. Oh, I forgot to clean this off first, or I didn't press the you know the correct grinding button, or any of those elements. Maybe maybe my basket that I put the coffee in was already wet. And so it's, you know, behaving a little bit differently. All of those things are just simply points of reference. And I would say that you can be as attentive as you want to be to those specific details. But then at the same time, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's coffee and you're, you're putting water on crushed beans and it's, uh, it's not something that should be a source of duress. <laughs> As a as a coffee lover, will the coffee served on Coffee First taste better because it's being served? Because the people who are buying it are realizing that it's being served by people who have overcome so much in life. Will it taste just a little bit better? Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah, that's a, that's a given. That should be a given. Absolutely, it will be. <laughs> Nice. Okay. Um, on behalf of everybody with Coffee First, we would uh, like to send you some coffee, latte, art in the shape of a heart because we love you so much, Tyler. Thank you I, so much. Thank you. I'll take it. I'll take it. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. And now our next guest is Mary Burchett. She is with Bank of America, and she is also one of the strongest advocates of the coffee first program she um is amazing and now she's on our podcast so mary thank you so much for being here thank you so much for having me matt we're so excited for coffee first me too um so mary when how did you first learn about coffee first i first learned about coffee first through the recovery services i am the chair for that committee and our kelly wilson was talking about how she can help her participants, help them gain employment and those soft skills that are so needed to maintain your employment and to get you to the point that you can earn a living wage. And she threw out this wonderful idea about coffee first. And I said, this is amazing. Let's see how we can get involved. And that landed us to where we are today. And things happen pretty quickly as far as funding from Bank of America, right? They did. It was perfect timing. Timing's everything. Yeah. What all hoops did you have to jump through to make this amazing, generous gift from Bank of America possible for Coffee First? So when I say timing's everything, I really mean that. This is the first year that we have offered the Neighborhood Champions Grant in Tulsa. We opened it up to 42 new markets this year at Bank of America, and Tulsa was one of those. So this 
grant is just a little different than what we normally do. For this grant, we convene a committee of Bank of America employees, along with community partners, and we bring them together. And by invitation only, we have nonprofits apply, and then our committee goes through the applications and picks out the one program that they feel would best be able to serve our community with this grant. And this is a $50,000 grant with unrestricted funds, which is awesome for a nonprofit because... yes. You know, typically that comes with strings and we're very specific about what we want you to use the money for. But this was a great opportunity for Coffee First to get off the ground and running. And not only does it provide $50,000 of unrestricted funds, but it also provides leadership development. So the leadership that we have at Bank of America and that we partner with, with companies throughout the United States, we're able to bring that virtually to the Mental Health Association. During all of those conversations, trying to narrow down that list, you know, what what made Coffee First stand out? What are some of those little things that you think really made it such a attractive investment? When our focus is economic mobility, and within that, we have basic needs, affordable housing, workforce development, and building vibrant communities. But it was that workforce development piece that we know that our community really needs and getting to the point where they can work, have those skills to build their resume and get to a place where they can sustain themselves was what was so enticing to us to take people through this program that are utilizing the services of the Mental Health Association and get them the necessary training that they need to get up and running and out and be able to live their life the way that they want to. That's what was so intriguing to us. Yeah. Have you gotten a chance to meet um, the Coffee First employees? I did just five minutes ago. I walked by the (laughs) coffee cart and I was like, oh my gosh, here it is. (laughs) I think that they're wonderful faces for Coffee First in that I think people have a stereotype of what they think people who have had difficult backgrounds, whether that's homelessness or mental illness or being involved in the justice system, what that looks like. And Maria and Christina defy all of that. They are they seem to be in a really good place right now. They seem to have a glow about them. They're so excited to be a part of this program. And I think that it's infectious. I mean, did you get that feeling from them? It is infectious. And they are just beautifully kind women as I was talking to them. And they were so excited to get this up and running and to start serving people. And just to be able to serve the other individuals and let them see that, hey, I did have a difficult background, no matter what that means and what was in my life, I can overcome that and not over, not only overcome it, but become vibrant in my own self and in the community and give back. And this is how they're doing that. They are serving us coffee and they will truly brighten your day. Amen. All right. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. And now we're going to close out the podcast with an interview I know you're going to love um, because I admire Maria so much myself. Maria, welcome to the Mental Health Download. Thank you. I'm glad I'm here. We're glad you are here too. Tell us a little bit about your journey to Coffee First. Well, I started off in August. I got adjudicated to Just the Beginning, which is a program that helps 
justice-involved women towards self-esteem, efficiency, and wholeness. And they referred me to the Mental Health Association. I put in my resume and I had actually got a different position that I was very happy with. I love the people. I just love the people at the Mental Health Association. They're all just great. Just every, I just never worked anywhere where I just, oh, I love you too. Wow. You know? Right. Oh, I know. So um, when they presented this to me, the barista position, I was ecstatic. I'm very happy about it. And I jumped right on it. So um, that's pretty much how I got here. (laughs) All right. So talk to us about some of your your history in the kitchen. Okay. Well, um, I went to Tulsa Tech and my first year there, I won first place in a state culinary competition. And then I won student of the year that year. And then my second year, I won first place in state and third in nationals. You were doing well in your career, right? And then Mm -hmm. you kind of, you ended up incarcerated. And when you got out, what did you think your prospects were for employment? Um, Well, to be honest, I wasn't really geared towards trying to find employment when I first got out because I was pretty sure that I it was going to be something that was too difficult for me to even deal with at the time because of my charge. So I was really working on recovery, recovery from uh, substance use and uh, mental health recovery. I've been diagnosed with PTSD. And so the program that I was in definitely does what it says is very empowering. And I did get up the courage to apply for a mental health association. And I was a referral. When I got hired on, I was just really, I was just very excited, very grateful, you know, and I just didn't see it coming. And when it did, I was just like, wow, I, I, I really got to take advantage of this second chance. Yeah. How proud is your mama of you right now? She is very proud of me. (laughs) Why? She brags about me all the time. She just knows she's been with me. She's seen me come through all types of things. And she just tells me over and over again how strong I am. I just know that she's really, she's really proud of me. Do you think you're strong? Yes, I know I am. (laughs) I know I'm, I know I am. How? I've seen I've seen a lot and I've been a lot of places and um, I'm just trying to change my mindset and be geared more towards what I want to do in the future and not let my past be the end of me. Yeah. Did you do any other job applications anywhere else in the community? Yes, I did. I applied one to other place, but I never heard a response. What kind of job was that? I think it was like stock, uh, uh, warehouse stock or something like that. Was there any question on the application about your justice involvement past? Uh, yes. <laughs> what was the question? Yes, there was. What was the question? Um, are, have you been, or are you currently convicted of a, a felony? And you had to check it? Yes. What was that like? How'd you feel? I'm not going to get this job. <laughs> I mean, that must just, that just must tear you up. I mean, did you feel like, what's the point? I'm going to click, I'm going to check this box and I'm not going to, they're not going to call me back. Is that kind of how you felt? 
Yeah, that yeah, that is how it's a real it is a real big letdown. It's a real big barrier. And it also it tags a lot of guilt and shame with it. You know, like, oh, it, it just tells you, you know, you're not good enough because of your past. You know what I mean? There's no way you can change or be a different person. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's pretty much what they say when they say we don't hire felons. And that, so you just said we don't hire felons. Do you consider yourself a felon? No. <laughs> what do you want? No. What do you want people to call you? What, how do you want the world to see you? What words would you um, use to describe you? Um, well, first, my name. My name is Maria, and my name means um, strong or wished for child. I just like to be called by that. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. So what do you know about making coffee? Um, well, it is a learning experience for me, <laughs> but I'm very excited. I love to learn anything food I love to do. I just, I could be in the kitchen all day, just put a mat down on the floor and I'm just, you know, I'll stay there forever. So, <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been a barista? No, I have not. I have not. So what are, what are some of the things that you've learned um, or what are you looking forward to learning or... You know, what are you excited about being a barista? So I can tell people, you know, the little cream hearts in the coffee. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I love that. That's good. Good job. Okay. <laughs> that's a really awesome answer. I love that. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of times in the mornings, you know, people haven't had their coffee yet. They're kind of grumpy. You know, what are you going to do on the job to brighten somebody's day? I would just like love on them. I know like, not like literally like come, like, come on, bring it in from behind the <laughs> counter. But, you know, like when someone is negative or whatever towards you, you know, I, I'm sorry you're having a bad morning. Let me see what I can do to, you know, help you out. What kind of coffee do you like? Do you, you know, and, you know, just really like get to know them, you know, and what their interests are, you know. This this is going to be a very unique audience for this coffee cart because it's going to be people who are excited that you have gotten this second chance. They they won't necessarily know your story, but they will know that you have overcome great things or great challenges in your life. And here you are with a smile on your face serving them the greatest <laughs> coffee in Tulsa. Um you know, what how is that going to make you feel? Um, it's, it's definitely very uplifting and, um, it puts a lot of perspective on a lot of things for me. Like I'm not just my case. I'm not just my charge. I'm a real person who's very capable, very able to better myself and the people around me. Heck yeah, man. I love it. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, tomorrow at the, at the big press conference, the media will get a chance to hear your story. You'll, you'll share how awesome you are. And then we're also going to have, or it's a, we have a campaign it's called see me and it's all about, just like you said, you know, how do you want the world to see you? You know, you're not a felon. That's, those are words that are ugh, derogatory. They tear and you down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so this mosaic, um, and we'll, we're going to invite people to give a minimum donation of $25 and they can 
Uh, we're going to give them a, a purple triangle and that triangle, they're going to write how they want the world to see them. And then those triangles will form on this giant wall, the, the actual see me it's spelled out. Wow. It's really, okay, really powerful. Cool. So if I give you that purple triangle right now, what would you write on it? See me as a conqueror. A conqueror. Yeah. Why a conqueror? Because I just know where I came from. And I know a lot of times I've been down and out and I told myself I'm not getting up this time, but something in me every time, you know, and along with just a great support system, you know, here at the Mental Health Association, my program, just the beginning, my family. I mean, everywhere I turn, everybody is telling me in one way or another, don't give up, you know, and that's what's keeping me pushing, you know. So I just say I'm a conqueror because I've overcome a lot. Heck yeah. Um, Maria the Conqueror. It has a nice ring to it. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, Maria, uh, you just, you're just amazing. I'm so glad that you're on the Mental Health Download. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. Um, so what we do at the end of every show is Mike Bros, our CEO, as a battle cry at the end of every meeting, he tells us, go do good things. And so here on the Mental Health Download, we ask the guest to say a few parting words and then close us out by telling everyone to go do good things. So Maria, take it away. Okay. <laughs> be inspired, be encouraged, and go do good things. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I love it. Thank good job, you. Maria. We're done. Yay. Yay. All right. Good job. All right. You just killed that. Okay, cool.